Hey there, Hannah Mooney Mac here. Same girl, little different name, but we'll get to that later. I think what's most important right now is pointing out that holy cow, it's April. April 1st, a month from March 1st, the day I ran my marathon. Now, I know it's been quite the month if you pick up what I'm putting down. A month since you've heard an episode here on Body of Work, a month since the Olympic trials where Galen Rupp and Alphine Tulamuk won the male and female marathon titles respectively to compete in an Olympics that is no longer happening in Tokyo because of the international spread of coronavirus. And a month from when I ran my marathon as bib number 14897 in five hours and 44 minutes. <sighs> I even debated telling you my time. Why? Because if I finished a marathon, which was the goal, then who gives a shit about the time, right? Well, I did. I wanted to finish in under five hours. That's what I trained for. And I did not get that. I got a 229 half marathon. Not bad. But the moment I hit that half marathon point, a volunteer with very good intentions waved me to where the half marathoners were going and I blindly went because I was fucking tired. And I crossed the finish line and I panicked. I wasn't supposed to be there. I went a quarter mile in the wrong direction and had to get another quarter mile back in the right direction. I had to get back on that marathon course. And I'd like to say that I handled this with grace, but I didn't. I cried a lot and asked for help to get back to the course. And by the time I got back, I was totally gassed. So thrown off, so off kilter. I was supposed to see a coworker who was in Atlanta that weekend at mile eight, but I ran right by her and didn't see her. I was supposed to see my fiance and my parents at mile 12, but they couldn't get through Georgia Tech to the course, so I didn't see them either. And by that half marathon point, I felt so alone. And when I went in the wrong direction, I felt so stupid. Stupid and alone are not a good cocktail while running. So I get to mile 15 and finally see my fiance and parents and am in good spirits, but was slow. And from 15 to 18, I sped up a little, but not much. 18 hit and I was crumbling. I crouched down into a ball and I burst into tears. It was truly the first time I didn't know how I'd finish. It wasn't a matter of if I would, it was just how. I knew my body would physically get over the finish line and I knew that my mind was doing fine, but the two just straight up weren't connecting. They were sparring for who was going to give out first. And so I lost it for like 15 or 20 seconds. And I remember saying out loud, Hannah Mooney, get the fuck up right fucking now. And I sprinted to the next time I'd see my people. And that was at mile 19. So from 19 to 23, I ran and walked in a way that embarrasses me, frankly, to say out loud. But I know it's the only way I've ever could have finished. I thanked every single police officer and I screamed, good job to every person I saw in the hopes that that energy would radiate back to me. And I have to say, it didn't really work the way that I wanted, but it helped. The final stretch was sponsored by a man in a car at a stoplight at mile 25. I crouched down again and I was crying and I'd blown my time by nearly 45 minutes at that point and I just wanted to take it all in. So I said a little prayer. And as I crouched down to take a second, he honked and said, get up, you can do this, beep, beep. Beep, 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 beep. Keep going. And I sprinted to the end. Him honking his horn was what made me get up. 
I crossed the finish line with a huge smile, and I hugged the volunteer who actually helped me get back on the course three hours earlier when I had crossed at the half marathon point. She didn't recognize me at first, and then I said thank you, and she knew who I was immediately. And that gratitude was overflowing, and it really never stopped. I hugged my fiancé and then my adorable parents who made t-shirts and had a sign and pom-poms and everything. And man, I've never wanted to hug anyone more than I did at that moment. And today, as you're listening to this, we can't hug our family or friends right now as we're all in isolation or quarantine due to the virus. We'd all just kill for a hug from the people that we love right now, but I remember those marathon hugs so distinctly in this moment. I had a list in my pocket that was mushed by the end, but I had a list of names by mile of who I was running for. As I crossed the line, all of those people I did this for came flooding back. The first mile was mine, then my two coworkers who'd even inspired me to do it in the first place, then my parents, my sister, my brother and his girlfriend, my grandpa who's in his final years, my godmother and her husband, my future father-in-law and his wife, my future mother-in-law and her partner, all of my soon-to-be brothers-in-law, all my bridesmaids, my best friends, my closest friend and her dad who has cancer, a handful of running mentors in D.C. and New York, a close couple friend of my fiancé and mine, and then my fiancé, the biggest cheerleader of all, and then the final mile was mine. All those people got me through that race, and most of them didn't even know it. But that's what I learned. You don't do hard things for yourself. You do them for something bigger than you. You train for that long and that hard so that when the day comes, you know you can finish because it's not about you and your ego. If I only did this for my ego, 544 would have crushed me. But finishing was my goal. I knew that. And so every single time I hit a wall, I went back to who I was doing this for. And it's the reason I'll do it again. I crossed the finish line a different person. Someone who knew they could do hard things, but not this. Not a marathon. And now that I've done it, there's no way I wouldn't do it again. I genuinely cannot wait to do it again. The training, the miles, the hours, the time, the sacrifice, the change in my body, all of it. In an instant, I crossed that line. I was hooked. I was definitely going to do it again. This season, I've been talking to runners. Slowly, I admit. There haven't been as many episodes as I've wanted, and that's okay. Running taught me that progress doesn't always look linear. A year ago, if you had told me I'd run a marathon in March 2020, I would have told you there was no fucking way that was true. But the baseline is different now. Faster is what's next, not finishing. And if that means that the time I stepped away from this platform took a hit, well, you know what? I need to live with that. But I don't need to stop talking to athletes and runners specifically. So, you'll be hearing from more of them. Live from Naples, Florida this time, though, because I'm currently here post-wedding, which was March 14th, where I went from Hannah Mooney to Hannah Mooney Mac, no hyphen. The day after our wedding, the Center for Disease Control said no gatherings of more than 50 people, and since then, as of today, April 1, the state of Florida is under a stay-at-home order. My husband and I are here for the foreseeable future, and if the worst thing that happens is that I don't have a mic for my interviews, then so be it. I still want to tell stories of the runners we admire most and their bodies of work. I have a lot to be thankful for right now. From getting to even have a wedding, to having a safe place to stay, which not everyone can say they have right now, 
to being in a climate that affords me the ability to run safely outside and also keep up with my health and my fitness fairly unbothered by the outside world, to having a body that allows me to even do that work in the first place. Running taught me how to spend time alone with myself even when I wasn't proud of my runs or when I felt alone because everyone was out having fun on a Friday night before my Saturday long run or when I was so excited to share in my progress but I trained by myself so I had no one to turn to during a run to get excited. That feeling of loneliness is not what everyone is feeling. And while I'm glad I got the practice, it's uncomfortable, I know. But we can do it. This will be our training for when things get hard down the road. We'll know how to be alone and how to have it be okay. I hope each of these episodes gives you something to hope for when all this craziness is over. The races we can run. The weddings we can go to. The friends and family we can hug. Because the world will look a lot different and maybe, just maybe, we'll all be a little bit different for the better in the end. I'm so glad I'm back on this platform to tell stories of runners and athletes, especially now, when sports and races and life in general is canceled. Listen in for more in weeks to come. And remember, it helps a lot if you share this episode with someone you think might benefit from my marathon story. God knows there will be more where this came from down the road. And finally, follow along on Instagram at bodyofworkpodcast, all one word. Until next time, let's get to work.